0: This is the Labor Exchange on KGNU-FM, 88.5 Boulder, 1390 AM Denver, and 98.7 FM Fort Collins. You can listen on 91.1 FM in Denver and 93.7 FM in Nederland. Find us online on KGNU's website or your favorite podcast app by looking up KGNU Labor Exchange. I'm your host, Robert Lindgren, with the Colorado AFL-CIO and Denver Newspaper Guild. Today, our guests are Pat Johnson-Gibson, Vice President of Healthcare with SCIU, Service Employees International Union, Local 105. We also have Kiyomi Bolak with Defenders Union of Colorado, or DUC, part of CWA, the Communication Workers of America, Local 7799. And finally, we have John Davis, Smart Sheet Metal Air Rail and Transport Workers, Local 9, Journeyman Sheet Metal Worker and Organizer for Local 9. Welcome to the Labor Exchange.
1: Howdy, howdy, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here.
2: Great.
3: Yeah,
0: thanks Uh, for having me. So all three of you just completed the Colorado AFL-CIO's Labor Lobby Corps program, a program that brings union members to the Colorado State Capitol to train them how to bring the voice of workers to the halls of power. Pat, I want to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your union?
3: Yes, thank you so much. Um, Vice President of the Healthcare Division, as you shared, um, wanted to take this journey with you all in regards to getting more educated and better understanding on the political uh, lobbyist uh, information. Our union is a union of 8,000 strong, and we service not only the Healthcare Division, but we also service the Property Service Division as well.
0: How'd you get involved with the union?
3: so wanting a voice you know wanting to have a voice to be able to speak up um a journey you know i was a child you know watching movements that are happening where people's voices are suppressed and being a woman of color i think it's important to be able to have my voice heard my father was in the union with the post office and watching how the United States Postal Service Union operated back late in those days. And so being able to bring that vision to fruition with uh, joining the union myself. Okay,
0: great. We'll go to you, Kiyomi, um, with 7799CWA. Tell us a bit about yourself and your union.
1: Yeah, thanks, Robert. So the Defenders Union of Colorado, DEC, is relatively new, Um, you know, slightly after COVID, there was a group of people that got together. And really, as a longtime public defender, I just desperately felt like there was the need for change in our system. Um, I didn't really understand that there was such things as public defender unions, and that was going to be an option for us. I think particularly in Colorado, Colorado does not make it easy on public sector workers but I think the timing was right. And someone came to speak with our group and indicated, you know, pre-majority organizing was possible and kind of gave us the tools to put in place what we were already feeling. Um, So I was one of the founders of Duck. And then once we affiliated with CWA 7799, it really took off from there. And we're just so pleased to be part of that local. Our local consists of other public sector employees who currently have been excluded from Colorado Winds, meaning, even though we are actively unionizing, we don't have a codified path to force recognition. So we have a lot of work ahead of us, but I think times are changing in Colorado.
0: And I find it uh, fun that we're going from one of our our newest labor unions to one of the oldest uh, with Smart uh, Sheet Metal, Local 9. John Davis with Smart Local 9, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and about your union?
2: Sure. Hi, Robert. Um, Yeah, so Smart Local 9, we've been around uh, as an international organization since 1888. Local 9 was uh, chartered in 1898, so we do have a long history. We just celebrated 125 years. Um, As you indicated, SMART is sheet metal air rail and transportation. I am a sheet metal worker. Um, So we provide uh, clean air into and out of buildings um, and uh, focus, yeah, a lot of uh, indoor air quality. Um, I got in in 2016. Uh, I I hung gutter and siding most of my life. and. So I've always had a pair of tin snips in my hands. And uh, so, and when we couldn't do gutter, we did snow removal. And uh, so one spring in 2016, we had a terrible storm come in and I was terribly sick. I couldn't breathe. I lived at 9,000 feet. And uh, my boss fired me for not coming in to shovel snow that weekend. And so uh, my wife, who has a long history with the AFL-CIO from the Washington, D.C. area, asked me what union I'd like to join. And, you know, without, without even thinking about it, I said, let's go talk to the sheet metal workers. And that's kind of how my story began. And, uh, you know, nine years later, I'm an organizer and i um, just doing what I can to help promote unions. Well, thank
0: you so much. We'll go um, to you, Pat. Uh, my question is about the Labor Lobby Corps. Uh, what was your experience like this past week at the Capitol?
3: Yeah, it was amazing. Um, Learned a lot of information that you all share in that class, learning how to how bills are created, the process that bills actually go through um, before they actually become an act, which is really interesting. Uh, The steps From going to the legislation area, uh, the House of Representatives, and then going to the Cal, and then going to the Senate, and, and then how the bill eventually gets to the mayor and the process, excuse me, to the governor, and then the process there on the bill actually, does it get passed, does the governor veto, does it set? It was a plethora of of, uh, uh, tools that we learned in that class. And I was so excited to be a part of it and be able to uh, walk over to the Capitol and have an opportunity to visit with the legislators. So that was an amazing opportunity for me.
0: Well, and I I love you're already using the lingo. You mentioned the cow. Um, I'll put you on the spot. Uh, What's the full name of the cow?
3: Uh, The cow means committee of the whole. And so that was exciting.
0: So, uh, I want to go to you, John. What made you decide to join the Labor Lobby Corps training?
2: Uh, You know, I've been wanting to do this since 2017 when I first heard about it, and I just haven't had the opportunity. Um, So, this year, when it came around, I I made sure I was available for it, Um, and it's kind of good timing in that uh, I had recently met one of our state senators um, and did some door knocking for her and so uh to be able to uh build on that relationship and, and come down and understand how she works what what it is that she does um yeah i'd like to say it was just really good timing this year
0: well and sticking with you john what would you say to members that say um as unions we should stay out of politics or not engage in the policy work like we like we do at the state capitol
2: Well, you know, it's interesting that, uh, as it turns out, my state representative from my area is running a bill uh, regarding air conditioning in schools and and buses. And so that's absolutely part of our work. That is our jurisdiction. And so it is important for us to be part of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah um and I want to go to you Kiyomi. um we actually have a, a kind of a, a rule uh at the lobby core that folks should talk to us before testifying on a bill um you broke that rule but we also didn't tell you that rule I want to be clear here I will say um I was uh really impressed um can you tell a little bit of what it was like to testify on a bill and um you know why why you felt you needed to to jump in there on it
1: you know, I guess I've always identified as a little bit of a rule breaker. That's how I found myself as a public defender on the defense side. Uh, I certainly didn't know I was violating a rule when I made that decision. Um, you know, as part of the lobby corps in the afternoons, we sat in on some of the other like committee meetings or other sessions that were happening. And so I had decided to sit in the Senate judiciary for the afternoon to um, you know and there was a bill that was being discussed that i just found very fascinating and the bill in of itself was um trying to get funding to do a pilot program for people who were being released from doc or for prison and get them funding if they had taken advantage of educational or vocational training while they were incarcerated and so it was like this perfect Venn diagram. You can't see, I'm using my hands to describe, but it's like a labor component, like how do we get these individuals back into the workforce, but also a component of how are we supporting people who have been incarcerated and trying to decrease recidivism? And so at the core of being a public defender, you just see so many clients who keep getting stuck in this cycle. Um, And so I felt compelled to testify. And I thought that I had some personal, you know, experiences that were very on point. So I walked myself up and testified. Um, it's it's a good experience. And one of the things that you learn about being involved in this is representatives and senators want to hear from individuals. They want to hear how is this actually going to impact you? Or if you're taking a position, why are you taking that position? And so while it's a little bit daunting to be like, ooh you know, testify, Senator, It got to be like fancy and perfect. You really don't. There's certainly like things that you should know before going into it, but like anyone can and should make sure that their voice is being heard.
0: Well, and I like to bringing your perspective to that particular um, discussion and then also um, just where this does dovetail a little bit with our work in the building trades where um, they they visit uh, folks who are leaving incarceration to try to give them opportunities within a trade and ability to build, build a life um, as they transition back into society.
1: I do have a tidbit, Robert, if anyone here listening is thinking about signing up for the lobby corps, they are very serious when they say wear sensible shoes. I thought I was fine because I was planning on wearing flats and I ended up having blisters on the first and second day. There is just an extraordinary amount of like walking around the building, chasing down the people you're trying to connect with. So put consideration into your footwear. Before
0: you show up uh, for folks who are interested in signing up, we have another three weeks coming up. Um, there are a few slots and I can wait list any union members um, that might be interested. It's on our website. You can sign up there. And yes, sensible shoes. I never get my steps outside the lobby core. I always get my steps during the lobby core. Um, and uh, Pat, uh, SEIU members went, at Kaiser went out on strike in their effort to win a strong contract, which they did. Um, what was that like? And what was it like seeing the community, both the labor community and and the community at large, coming out to support Kaiser workers?
3: Yeah, that was it. Was amazing. I can tell you that we got so much support um, from the politicians. Uh, we got tons of support from our allies, our other unions to stand in solidarity, solidarity with us. And I think the most exciting members, the patients at Kaiser, uh, decided to step out and stand beside their frontline staff. The employees were afraid at first, but the first day when we went out on strike, you could tell that there was just this, this sense of fear. And once we started seeing patients come out and stand beside us, we had a patient that was actually going through chemotherapy and she went to uh, did her chemo and came back out and sat with us. We had another lady that was going through radiation. It it touched her heart to know that this fight was real. And I think that because of patients were coming out, um, and it was sent a clear message to the the organization, Kaiser in itself, that you need to do right by these frontline staff members and understand that the purpose is not so much about the money, but the purpose is to be able to give better patient care. And that's where we were always at. And that's kind of where we stood to make the wages look attractive so we could have more people um, to work at Kaiser so that we could give better patient care.
0: Well, and what does that feel like as a leader, knowing that you're um, helping to organize the effort to win that contract, but maybe there's an added pressure and that you have, um, you know, everyone shares responsibility, but you have, you have a lot of responsibility there.
3: Overwhelming. It really is because you don't want to fail people and you and you want to be able to empower folks, people that are afraid. Um, Talking to hundreds of members that were like, I can't afford to go out on strike for three days. I'm a single parent. I don't have the money, Um, the fear of their wages. um, And just trying to tell them, you know, let's start start saving money up, putting money back. Um, and folks saying, I really can't afford to do it. I think that was one of the biggest fears. And then um, the people that, you know, were like, okay, I'm, you know, I hear you, you know, and you walk in the building and you want to talk to folks about coming out on strike, but then you have the folks that are determined across the strike line. And um, and they're angry or they don't they don't give you the eye contact. It kind of gives you a sense right then and there when you're walking through the building, when you're trying to start to mobilize people that, you know, that they're not going to go. And it it just it weighs you down and you don't want to disappoint anyone at all. But you want to empower folks and let them know that this fight is not only it's not about you, it's about the member.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Um, uh, John Davis with Smart Local 9, I wanted to go to you. Um, I see you out at a lot of picket lines and rallies, um, SEIU and Longmont, um, but I'm thinking even those 5, 6 a.m. mornings uh, with Starbucks strike where you're dropping by before you um, get in to do your work. Uh, Why do you get involved in these actions?
2: You know, it's really important to us to show solidarity with our union brothers and sisters out there. Um, you know, and, and I know they would stand in support with us as well. Um, yeah. So, and I, I'm also doing my best to learn, uh, the, the, the ways to set up and run an effective picket line. Um, that's something that I think as an organizer, it's important for me to have a great understanding of that.
0: Well, and I also heard when you were at Lobby Corps, you were talking with a few sheet metal workers uh, just down the block. Um, why do you engage just as you as you meet people in the trade?
2: Well, you know, so that's a, that's a state building. And so I just went over and I wanted to make sure that they are making the correct prevailing wage on that job site. Um, that's something else that we look into a lot of is uh, wage theft and uh, uh, prevailing wage enforcement. There's a lot of bad actors out there.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, all right. Kiyomi, I wanted to ask you now I'll, I'll say, uh, being a trained lawyer, um, you're maybe more, uh, familiar with some of the official sort of, um, way of doing business at the Capitol at least That's the perception there, but what did you learn, um, uh, at the labor lobby Corps that you didn't know already?
1: I mean, honestly, I feel like I learned a lot at the labor lobby core. Um, uh, Previously, like going into it, I think I had like a lot lot of theory or what I would consider book knowledge, but like boots on the ground, actual practice, the nuts and bolts of like actually making it work just from tips on, hey, where to stand if you're trying to like connect with this person, the timing of uh, where you should be, you know, outside of the house, passing your business card to the sergeant at arms, trying to connect with a representative Um, where things are located in the building. It just, the whole practice makes it feel so much more accessible. Um, just like, you know, once you kind of have that understanding, you're like, okay, I could go back and I would know where I needed to be to get stuff done.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear because I, I was pretty uncomfortable the first times I had to go into uh, the Capitol Two lobby. Like I'd been there to help with big what we call lobby days where you bring a bunch of people to the Capitol for a single day and I would help with that. But I found myself very uncomfortable. It's very ornate. I um, don't particularly like it. I know some people do, but I don't. But but part of um, what I think that program does is I do try to, uh, we try to make sure that people feel comfortable. Um, I wanted to go to you, Pat. So we did, uh, we do try to have a pretty good, um, I would say, uh, introduction of the Capitol. I'll say this one, we had a bigger group and we pretty much just like ate a few snacks and went right into the house lobby. Um, what was that experience like to, uh, to head out into, into the house lobby that first day?
3: I mean, just seeing everyone and looking at and the, the politicians there and um, a lot of the more lobbyists there, you know, everyone's trying to pull the politicians to the side. And and again, as Kiomi said, you know, let me give you my card and um, we you know, we want I need to talk to you and just watching watching how. Um, they would come out and have individual conversations to discuss the different um bills that uh, folks have put uh on the agenda and and those conversations that was so exciting and then just the ability to be able to you know rub your shoulders with the politicians. that was so exciting.
1: I was just thinking to add on to what Pat said it's also not just being able to meet the representatives but meet the other people who are working on. Similar bills, meeting other lobbyists, other community leaders, and being able to connect with them. Like I received several good ideas um, of things that we could try to implement uh, in our union, just having those conversations, or got leads on other organizations that we may want to loop in for stakeholding. Um, so there's certainly a lot of connections that are made, not just if you're lucky enough to, you know, snag one of the uh, senators.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I
0: wanted to go to you, John, about some of your conversations with your um, with your representative. Um, was that your first time meeting him? And what were those conversations like?
2: It was. It was just a very much an introductory uh, conversation. Um, I didn't even know these bills that he was running at the time. And and yeah, you know, walking in first day, it was like I just felt like I was in the way. Like where can I get out of the way? It was so busy. And uh, it was overwhelming. It really was. And so um, he actually said, hey, let's let's step out here into this hallway here where it's a little quieter.
0: Yeah, that's a challenge. I'm six foot and uh, 200 pounds and being in the tight house lobby, there's no space and you're trying to both be, um, you know, inviting for our members and not, you know, rude to other people and other folks who might be there who have just as much right to engage there. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting, and I I like when the electeds will, you know, pulled you to the side so you guys could get into a little bit of a cooler area. Um, I don't know exactly how that all works at the Capitol. You're the HVAC guy, maybe you could explain it, but it's basically a boiler in the basement that they turn up and...
2: <laughs> rises.
0: <laughs> yeah, heat rises, and it certainly rises in that that room. Um, uh, uh, Kiyomi, I wanted to ask you, um, you've been working on a bill. It has not yet been introduced around uh, public defenders. Um, would you mind just explaining a little bit about that bill and, and why you think it's important?
1: Yeah, we're very excited. Our bill is going to be introduced next week, and we happen to be one of the AFL-CIO priority bills for the session. So, I think the easiest way to explain the bill is we're asking our employer to create workload standards. Um, currently, a public defender um can be assigned an unlimited number of cases. There aren't any like rules or regulations that say X number is too many for a public defender to have either at like one specific time, or, you know, if you're doing it like a 30 day time period or really just any type of monitoring on that. There are certainly like informal mechanisms where you could like reach out to a supervisor or an office head, but like nothing solid that can be pointed to. So the bill is asking that our employer create standards that could be applied to an individual attorney to measure whether their cases are considered effective. When you think about the role of the public defender, like we are guaranteed in the constitution, Fifth amendment gives you the right to counsel. So it's not just our working conditions, but these are the justice conditions. Um, and so there's certainly room for improvement. And then I also like to give pretty like analogies. I think when you're thinking about like nurses who are asking for nurse to patient ratios or teachers who are asking for student to teacher ratios, it really is just the same concept as a public sector employee. I want to do what's right for the public. I want to do well, but I also need help to make sure that we're operating in working conditions that make it possible. For me to do what I need to be doing.
3: And I think but. that's amazing, Kiomi, that you all are pressing forward with that bill. Because again, you know, folks have no clue on the amount of work that the public defenders do. And so to be able to push forward for that, uh, in you know, and push that bill, um, I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah, well, and, and Pat too. I was wondering, from a healthcare perspective, how does things like patient ratio or um, or other things that limit, you know, the the workload on an individual, how do those improve uh, patient outcomes or just the quality of the work life for for your members?
3: I mean, it's huge because when you talk about the patient ratio, um, that's one of the biggest one of the reasons why we push for it with the strike that we did because you don't have enough employees working to be able to give great patient care which is you know it and then it kind of falls in the same space where kiomi's talking about you know you have all this work that's sitting in front of you and you don't have enough bodies to be able to support the work to make sure that you in uh, kiomi's case is defending the you know doing the best that they can to represent um you know, the people. And, you know, in our case, it's that we don't have enough bodies there to be able to give a great patient care that we want to give because of the patient ratio. Um, it's a problem. And so kind of, it, believe it or not, two different two different issues, but they work hand in hand.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, John, I want to go to you. Um, what advice would you have for members um uh, who are thinking about joining the, the lobby core training.
2: Uh, yeah. So it's a second on the shoes. I, the second day I, I wore a brand new pair of shoes that I hadn't ever worn before. And I was miserable by the end of that. Um, but yeah, just, it's, it's super easy to get involved and uh, you do a great job of explaining uh, how things work. And so uh, yeah, just, just call and get signed up. That's that's what just what you need to do. Um, and and Robert will walk you through from there.
0: All right. Well, we're getting towards the end of our conversation. I want to um, give each of you a little bit of time for any last thoughts, and we'll start with you, Pat.
3: I would just say this program is a phenomenal program and anyone that has any desire to be in politicians and folks that are just curious about what the lobbyists do and what it's like to be in the Capitol, I would encourage you wholeheartedly to take up this program and um you know, hang out with Robert and the leaders at uh, AFL-CIO, you will not be disappointed. You'll be truly amazed, and you will learn so much more than you have ever thought about learning. So I would encourage you to join them. Robert, I want to thank you all for that opportunity that you gave me. Well,
0: thank you for uh, being involved and going through the training. Um, we'll actually jump over to John. Final thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, uh, I wanted to thank Pat also. She was a great tour guide. I had no idea where any of the rooms were. I, you know, I, she was like, where do you want to go next? And so I'd tell her what I had an idea on. She said, that sounds great. And she took me over there. Um, we, we had a, a great time listening in on some of these bills. Uh, you know, these are, as somebody told me one time, you know, the things that happen, you know, as far as like presidential elections, that affects your life once a year, maybe this local government affects your life day to day. And if you want to uh, have a, a word in that, then you should probably be involved and in, in learn how to do this lobby core.
0: Thank you, John. And uh, final thoughts, Kiyomi.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you're thinking about it, you should just do it. If you can get the three days off and make your schedule work, certainly it is well worth the time. Um, I think, Honestly, the one thing that you can take away is that this is accessible to an average person. You can learn how to conduct yourself in the Capitol, how to connect with the people that you need to connect with to be able to um, you know, push what your union needs in a big picture policy legislative way. Um, and so many thanks to Robert and to AFL-CIO Colorado for putting resources into this training and allowing us to take advantage of that opportunity. And many thanks to all the other people who did the training with me. It was great to meet new friends, uh, new labor leaders in Colorado, and I hope that we'll have opportunities to connect again in the future.
0: Great, thank you all for being on the labor exchange.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: This has been the Labor Exchange on KGNU Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. Find us online on your favorite podcast app by searching KGNU Labor Exchange. I'm your host, Robert Lindgren, with the Colorado AFL-CIO and Denver Newspaper Guild. Our guests today have been Pat Johnson-Gibson with SCIU Local 105, Kiomi Bullock with the Defenders Union of Colorado CWA Local 7799, and John Davis with Sheet Metal Smart Local 9. The Labor Exchange is a member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Find out find more great Labor Radio on www.laborradionetwork.org. This has been the Labor Exchange.